Today's podcast is brought to you by Audible. Get a free audiobook download and a 30-day free trial at www.audibletrial.com slash nmvpod. Over 180,000 titles to choose from for your iPhone, Android, Kindle, or MP3 player. What's up, everybody? Welcome back to the Never Made Varsity Podcast. My name is Dave Rivera. You can find me on Twitter at D underscore River underscore O. Hello once again, my friends. It's your boy Maverick, and you can find me on social media at Heartbreak underscore underscore Kid. Hey, everybody. It's Aaron. Uh, and you can find me on Twitter at Aaron P. Friedman. Hey, guys. I have shirked the title of millennial in favor of being an elder Gen Zer, so I can I lead the children we into Gen the... Y. Uh, the generation after millennial is Gen Z. Millennials are Gen Y. Yeah, are we not Gen Y? We're on the we're on the border, but I'd rather be Gen Z and just you know tell them what to do all the time because we did it first. Yeah. Um. So I'm an elder Gen Zer, and you can find me on Twitter at Colby Complains. All right, I picked a really awkward setup for how I want it to be here. So I'm going to change that. Y'all talk for like 30 seconds. <laughs> why, do we always, why do we always figure out these things after we start the podcast? <laughs> it was just because I was like, ooh, I'm going to be casual Colby this time. And nope, that yeah, was it was very game. uncomfortable. No, we're fine. <laughs> we but are yeah. perfectly fine. I hope everyone's having an amazing Labor Day weekend. I know yeah. I'm enjoying the extra day off. We are all now employed. It is lit. Except lit. me. That direct deposit You're hit. You're a student. It does not matter. When that direct deposit hit my bank account, I did a little shmoney dance. It was <laughs> amazing. I know at least one person listening to this podcast is extremely excited for me. So, <laughs> Are they the one that gets stuff whenever you get paid? Oh, oh, actually, no, then two. <laughs> one that gets stuff when I get paid. The other one that told me they would be excited when I got my first podcast, who also might be a new listener. So what's up to you? <laughs> cool. Um, What's not so cool is losing to Cal two years in a row. Amazing segue. <laughs> 10 out of 10. Great dismount. Um, Stuck the landing. As far as the spread, we came out even, which is cool. Um, but the at least we get we have a good reputation with Vegas then. <laughs> but the heels lost to Cal twenty four to seventeen yesterday. That score is not reflective of how that game went no. whatsoever. <laughs> no way. That's a sneaky score. You look at that score and you go, "Oh, that was that probably was a good game." If you really, if you watch like no. the last, we almost won. If you watch the last seven minutes. You're like, "Oh, this is a great game." No, it's not. It wasn't. Shoutouts to my boy, 
uh, Nathan Peterman Elliott <laughs> for for throwing four interceptions. I think three of them before the half. At one point, he had more uh, completions to the other team than he had to our team. I think I saw someone put his QBR up, and he said, <laughs> it was like, brace yourselves. Nathan Elliott currently has a negative 33 QBR. <laughs> I didn't even know it could go that low. It was like he had like like three like two passes, one completion for zero yards, and three interceptions. <laughs> uh, his Q, his QBR to end the game was seven point eight. So seven point eight. Uh, for those of you not familiar with QBR, that that's out of a hundred. I never thought I'd be saying this, but I wish we had Chaz back. I told y'all, y'all didn't want to listen to me. <laughs> I want an apology from everybody that listens to this podcast. Uh, I will personally apologize to you because I was I was one of those people that wanted Nathan Elliott at the beginning of the year because I wasn't fully on the Chaz train. Uh, but dear God, please come back. <laughs> I just don't know. I, I'm not mad. I'm disappointed. I'm not mad. I'm just disappointed. So, and even then, it's like the the Malcolm in the Middle. I expected nothing, and I'm still disappointed. <laughs> so I, I it's think fantastic. It's, it would be good for us to talk about the positives from the game first before we just start sure. railing against college students. Um, yeah. Nope, that's fair. Uh, no, I totally get that. Especially us old heads. Now <laughs> we're, we're, we're talking down to kids. Yes. Uh, our defense, I think, is believe it or not, improved from last year. Yeah, yeah, the defense looks good and got pressure a good amount of the time. The secondary, our secondary's fine. They were, Cal was only twenty three percent, only got twenty three percent of their third downs uh, conversions, and we only gave up, I believe, one twenty yard play, maybe one thirty yard play. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so so we no were good at containing. Plays. Exactly. I was extremely impressed by Dominique Ross, um, mm-hmm. linebacker, I believe, right? Linebacker? Or was he a cornerback? Either way, he played great. Yeah, he did fantastic. I thought, like, there were a lot of questions on this defense, and I think he had really stepped up, um, played extremely well. Um, our cornerbacks, KJ Sales, uh, one, is one of my favorite players already from last year, just by how much he talked, like, talk trash. Mm-hmm. Um, he's like one of those like guys that has a lot of swagger and has a lot of confidence in his abilities. Um, Miles Dorn played really well, but is injured now. I don't know how serious that injury was because I wasn't. I was listening to the game, not watching the game. Um, I'm point. not sure if they've given an update yet. And I don't. If it's not season end, if it's not season ending, I don't think they will. Yeah. Uh, our Jay Sutton caught a body. <laughs> Dude, I on, I on that punt. That was one of the sickest hits I've ever seen. In my, and, like, I'm not just saying that because it's the heels. Like, that was one of the sickest hits I've ever seen. He he flipped him. It gave us a little bit of life. But overall, though, I'm still seeing the same problems as last year. Our defense well, we're still, is actually we're still, playing well, but we're the still offense pro- is not giving them anything. We're still all positives, Maverick. We'll get there. I, I do have one more positive. On the offensive side of the ball, I am happy with how this team fought um, even until the end of the game. Uh, it's really easy when, when your team throws four interceptions to just kind of throw in the towel. 
Um, they did it, and they made it kind of interesting at the end of the game. So this team has fight, and I like that. Um, yeah, I don't think this is going to be a team that's going to just give up. I don't think they're going to make excuses, which I, I like. Um, they won't need to make excuses after we win 11 games. <laughs> Here we go. I like the confidence. <laughs> um, I like that. Uh, like I said, like y'all said, I'm really, I really like our defense. I like, uh, we were pretty solid on the defensive side of the ball. Um, if it, if it wasn't for the fact that we had one of the worst offensive outings in the Larry Fedora era, actually, I think it's the worst offensive performance in the Larry Fedora era. Then, I think we would have been. Decent, I think. And one of the I think best performances, uh, uh, defensive performances of the Larry Fedora era. Aaron, are you like crumpling paper over there? <laughs> I'm just moving some stuff around, but it's not picking <laughs> up on the recording, Mike. So Bro, it's it's, I can't, I can't even hear Colby <laughs> talking because it's so loud. <laughs> oh my goodness! Good God! So it's yawning now. We got crumpled paper. Now it's crumpling paper. I'm gonna start eating chips into the mic. Bet. <laughs> so, let's go into some negatives, some areas of improvement. I you would Bubble. think at you would think Screens. at this point you would think at this point in Larry Fedora's tenure that he would have figured out how to call an offense. But like when like I don't understand when he's going to realize that the horizontal passing game is not where we're going to succeed. Like we need to go, we need to be vertical. We have Anthony Ratliff Williams. We have all these dynamic playmakers and like with lots of speed and potential and like big play abilities yet we're out here calling. Yeah. Exactly. What Aaron said, bubble screens, like and jet sweeps and jet sweeps. Like, and I like those things when they work, but they didn't work. So stop doing them. <laughs> See, we're more like the airplane that Orville and Wilbur Wright flew. Not exactly a jet. I wish not, the, not the same kind of speed. I wish we could have like, more of a West Coast offense where we just kind of chunk our way down the field because I feel like a lot of the time we throw like two passes backwards and then third down we chuck the ball 30 yards down the field. Yeah. Or run the ball on third and long. That made me so mad. There was, I, I could think of off the top of my head one specific scenario where we ran the ball on third and long and yeah, yeah. Not good. Also, penalties. Lots and lots of penalties. It was like immaturity like stuff. Like our guys were pushing them. Now, granted, Cal's players were flopping and even the announcers were catching it. But our guys were just biting at everything and pushing guys down. That's just they they know better than that. Yeah. You just gotta have more discipline than that. And this doesn't really have to be said, but it can't be four interceptions. Yeah, and you know Nathan Elliott. Like, there's nothing else you really can do other than take responsibility for that. Like, obviously that loss isn't technically all on him, but like I would be lying if I said that it wasn't like a ginormous part of the fact that we lost was throwing, you know, four interceptions. You can't and throw four interceptions drills. and expect to win, no matter how well your defense plays. Yep, those were bona fide interceptions. They weren't tip drills, like which I don't really consider. Uh, as much fault on the quarterback for throwing. No, they were they were over these throws. Yeah, they were overthrows. And it's like when you have I think it was I think the stat was we had nine possessions, no first downs, 
six three and outs and three interceptions, I think was our stat line at some point. And that's just putrid. Like I'm disgusted saying that that stat line. Like I like it physically hurts me. We the the run blocking needs to be better. We need to be oh. able to get s- some yards on the ground. And it just wasn't yeah. there was no lanes to run through. We couldn't we get have two talented, bad. We have we have too talented a running back core to not get running like n- to not pick up yards on the ground. Yeah. And like our offensive line wasn't doing us any favors, but at the same time, we have you got to find a way around it. Like you have to find a way to win, and we didn't. Uh, special teams. We tried did, though. <laughs> we tried we a little too did, late. Though. We got we... Clemson one more time. Uh, like <laughs> I... echoes of the ACC championship three years ago, where we were one score away from tying with uh, Clemson, and then. They call the same penalty after the onside kick after we get the ball back to potentially tie, saying that uh, we touched a player before the ball went ten yards. So it's not only the ball that you have to wait ten yards to touch; you can't even touch a player until ten yards. Right. Um, I from what I was not watching, I was listening at that point. Um, and from same. from what Jones Angel described, it sounded like a bang bang type of thing, but. Just can't catch a break. And you can't go into those situations hoping to catch a break. Like, that's a recipe to for losing. So, I don't know. Heels lose 17-24. And now we have... we the I think they were scheduled to get back at 3.30 last night to have a week of prep. And then it's off to Greenville next week. Which, you know, is going to be a hostile environment it's they have like that state level of hate if not more and i don't know what we did to them everyone hates well the i think flagship. it's the yeah it's the little brother like the little brother syndrome thing going on but it'll, like it'll be their super bowl in greenville EC like not it's gonna bring it not even from like a, a success standpoint like i don't know our full like i don't know our record against ecu or anything like i'm not saying like just from a like like what colby said like flagship versus you know, the other schools like UNCC felt some type of way about the uh, 2017 national championship sign being outside uh, their university. So same thing. All right. So, yeah, I'm, Oh no, go for it. Go I, for it. <laughs> I'm going to the game with band. Well, most likely going to the game with band and I'm excited for it. It's my first away game since Duke, and I'm excited to be in a hateful environment. Get ready to them to point the the hook finger at you like this. They'll go R. Does it just mean pirates? Yeah, like, my tiny hook. No quarter. <laughs> they do the Des Bryant. No quarter. So, I don't know anything about ECU football. So, other than when we lost them by like 20 million the other yep. time we played them recently. 2014, 70-41. I unfortunately yeah. was at that game. That was my first away game in, March, in marching band at Yikes. Carolina. And, yeah, I got crotch topped by a fan that was across the section. You got what? Fun. Dude, they scored the first touchdown. It was like on a third and 22, and they scored it on a deep ball. And dude jumped over the rail, like, you know, the dividing stairs He in the, on the other section. We were in the corner. He, like, dove over to our side. Like 
he gave me the like the crotch chop. He's like, suck it, and then uh, back over. I thought you talking about he like assaulted you or something. I no, was like, didn't bro, didn't touch me, but it was still just jarring. No, that's that was the ACC tournament when someone threw a beer at us. Yes, <laughs> oh, that Colby, that Colby, that Colby, that Colby it was Colby. Somebody. No smoke. <laughs> no smoke. <laughs> that dude did get thrown out though. So let's get him up out of here. So, um, so, needless to say, there need to be some changes going into next or week. Or audibles. So I think we're going to call an audible. But first, this segment is brought to you by Audible. For you, the listeners of Never Made Varsity, Audible is offering a free audiobook download with a free 30-day trial to give you the opportunity to check out their service. I have listened to To All the Boys You've Loved Before, or All the Boys I've Loved Before by Jenny Han through audible and you can download it or another free book by trying audible.com to download your free audiobook today go to audibletrial.com slash nmvpod again that's audibletrial.com slash nmvpod for your free audiobook so Liddy. what needs to be changed um for this game uh just like i'm not going to say something <laughs> as dramatic as a quarterback change because i still think at the current moment, Nathan Elliott is our best option at quarterback because I think our backup quarterback is a true freshman, and that's not going to probably be any better. So I just think as far as changes that need to be made, we, we need to do something different with the offensive line because we need to be able to b- rely heavily on our run game. I don't think we're going to get that vertical passing game like we want like we can't just toss balls to Anthony Ratliff Williams and hope that he catches them because that kind of felt like what our third down that kind of felt like what our third down offense was. So, we need to get good yardage on first down off of run plays. Um and that starts with the offensive line. As we speak, uh just so y'all know, ECU is about to kick off against A&T. So, they will have so one day less of rest than we have. Yeah. Then again, we were traveling all night, so. Yeah. To the first point, I don't think going as far as say someone else needs to start because, like I said, we have not one. The next two uh, quarterbacks we have are uh, true freshmen. Is his name? It's Cade Fortin. Correct. I I don't know what the other one is, but yeah, that Cade Fortin. Jace Reuter is our other quarterback. Now we have Manny Miles, but. Uh, I, I believe he was actually fourth on the depth chart uh, after the Chaz Surratt suspension. So, but I think the change, I think, if he does continue to not play and he uh, throws more interceptions, at least be open to the idea of putting one of them in because surely they are going to do something better. If we're just going to get interceptions, at least we can blame it on being a true freshman and not someone that's a third-year quarterback. Yeah. Who got playing time last year. Like, like he did not look anywhere near this bad last year. And I feel like last year we were in a worse spot, like, as far as personnel. I think he still looked kind of rough last year. I mean, he wasn't exactly Aaron Rodgers, but he was more of a Alex Smith game manager type, but he wasn't, <laughs> you know, throwing around four interceptions. I'm saying, I'm just saying, at least be open to the idea because it was just frustrating, like, for because 
in my eyes, I don't think he should have got to four interceptions because someone else should have been playing before he got to four. But, I mean, I guess it's sort of the thing where you're, you wanted this role, you need to be ready to play and try to do better and make it so, some sort of a learning experience. But there comes to some point where you got to at least you got to give somebody else a shot. There is nobody at this ECU game. Gr- <laughs> granted, it was rescheduled. Um, is it at ECU? Yeah, it's at ECU. Who are they playing? <laughs> So, go um, Aggies. Aggie pride. As far as other changes that need to be made, we need to find ways to extend offensive drives. Too many times we would go three and out or spend or, or, or get the ball intercepted um, and force our defense to play long extended minutes. And we can't have that. Like, we can't have our defense constantly out there. And I feel like that's the problem every year. Like, we have those games where we just cannot get – our, our defense off the field and that loses us games more often than not and i think that goes that all goes back to the play calling because we are very notorious for wasting first and second down and then when third down rolls around we have to flip out and try and throw an 80 yard pass to make up for it did y'all see ryan switzer's tweet he was literally calling him out for going horizontal yep during the game, he said the horizontal passing game is not where it's at. And he is the king of the horizontal passing game. He was the receiver of all of those bubble screens that Larry Fedora loves so much. How do you really like, he feel? He was the receiver. <laughs> like exact, When you have the king of, of the bubble screen telling you, stop with the bubble screens, I think it's time to stop with the bubble screens. <laughs> oh, God. ECU's quarterback is 6'3", 197. He is a. Is he a stick? He's a tiny boy. Yeah, that's a, he's that's skinny. Um, I think defensively, again, they played great. If there is anything to change, I think once they get to the quarterback, they got to bring him down a couple times. Um, Cal's quarterback got away from the pressure and was able to pick up yards on their feet. I think if they can, if they get to the quarterback, the quarterback either needs to get rid of that ball or um, needs to be on the ground. I think that'll come with more practice time as well. Yeah. I'm not super worried about that. But again, special teams was great yesterday. It got a block, got um some points on the board. Like we won like I feel like we won two out of the three phases of the game and we and we lost. That's how bad our offense was. Yeah. Like usually I usually I feel like what like that common saying that you if you win two out of the three phases of the game then you will most likely win. That was not the case because we could not score or move the ball. But when one, when seven of uh, fourteen of their points come off of turnovers, right? Fourteen of their points came off turnovers, or was it more than that? Seventeen, maybe. I'm pretty sure they only had one extended drive that resulted in a touchdown. So, not much you can do when that's the case. Yep. Again, without a pick six, that's a tie game. Yep. So, uh, lots of frustration, lots of, um, lots of. I want to say finger pointing. I know if I was, I this is just me. From I'm not an athlete, obviously, because I never made varsity. That's the name of the roll show. Roll credits. Huh? Um, roll credits. Yeah. So, uh, 
if I was a defensive player, I would be feeling some type of way about this offense. Like, I don't know how that actually works in a locker room. I'm sure it's very supportive, but I would be like, just put me in at quarterback, <laughs> honestly. <laughs> just put me in. Put Anthony Ratliff-Williams in at quarterback. And he came as a quarterback and transitioned as into a wide receiver. So th- I don't think that's that much of a stretch. It became, like, very dire because we have plenty of talented wide receivers. Uh, and we've already seen because we ran so many failed uh, – Hail Marys and trickery passes that he can throw. Speaking of quarterbacks, did y'all get a chance to see the Alabama game last night? Uh, I did get to watch a little bit, yeah. I watched a little bit. I did not, but I heard about it. So, I will be the first to admit I was skeptical about Tua. Um, That man good. But I I think as Kirk Herbstreet said during the game, the kid can spin the ball. (laughs) <laughs> he is he is good. He is very Dude's good. Dude's good. So now that Bama has a a competent quarterback like right? <laughs> I feel like n- nothing nothing is stopping them honestly. Like this They've already went through so much adversity getting this quarterback. <laughs> he might be the best quarterback they've ever had. To be honest, yeah. Without exaggeration because well, that is a bold claim is it? to make. It's been one game. Two, technically, because he won a national championship. One and a half. Yeah, but Bama quarterbacks historically have not been super good. Under Nick Saban. A.J. McCarron was a very good college quarterback. A.J. McCarron was a pretty good college quarterback. I just had this argument with my brother. It's He was calling Ohio State's offense the best offense of all time after they put up 77 on Oregon State. <laughs> it's week one. <laughs> Wow, you're going to call your brother out on exaggerations? <laughs> yes. <laughs> it's week one. Just slow down a little bit. This is essentially the preseason. Yeah, but Louisville isn't a bunch of scrubs, especially on defense. Yes. Yeah. And Bama but put up 500 yards of offense. It's week one. I think he's the real deal, and I think it's kind of is that's not very nice to Jalen Hurts to let him sit around and not let him transfer somewhere after last year. Did he try and transfer? Yeah. I don't remember. I think it's really mean that they won't let him tra- just go ahead and transfer to UNC like he's <laughs> supposed to. I, I don't think he put in the transfer. That's request. exactly where he's going. Nowhere else. To answer your question, Aaron, I don't think he put in a transfer request, but uh, I think he did ask, like, around the coaching staff if he was going to be the starter next year. And they wouldn't tell him. And so he kind of was just left in this limbo. Yeah. And he's he's expressed some of that frustration. Um, But, yeah, Tua looks good. He looks really good, and Bama looks very, very good. Uh, did y'all see the Nick Saban interview after the I game? I did. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yes, I did. Um, do y'all remember the name of the reporter who was asking the questions? Mar- uh, Maria Taylor, yes, I think. 
100% correct. Maria Taylor asked um, what the quarterback situation was, and Nick Saban blew up um, at her after a win. And I don't know. I don't like Nick Saban. I think he's a jerk. Honestly, I think a lot of the the big name head coaches are kind of jerks. Uh, I agree. I mean, I don't even like the question was phrased. How did you feel about your quarterbacks like after today? And he was just like, "What are y'all?" He, he like pouted like a toddler. Like, "What are y'all gonna quit asking me these questions? Like, I, you're trying to get me to say bad stuff about Jalen. Like, and I'm not gonna do it." They're not trying yeah. to get him to say bad stuff about him. They just, well, number one, they want a story. Well, at the but, same time, she just said she just asked, "Hey, how do you feel about your quarterbacks after today?" Yeah. Like, I, I'm assuming they both played. I didn't get to watch Jalen play any, but I'm assuming they both got playing time. And that's a valid and question. So, yeah, because they didn't know who was going to start until uh, until Tua actually walked out onto the field. Yeah, it's not like. She. It's not like had Tua not played well. She asked, like, "Is Jalen the starter now?" I think that would be more of an insensitive question to ask. Yeah. Than just how do you feel about the quarterbacks? So, but it's something that a lot of coaches do. Like Nick Saban does it. Bill Belichick does it. Uh, Pop does it sometimes. Uh, Steve Kerr does it occasionally. It's just, why are you being rude? I don't get it. Yeah, especially because it just goes with the territory of being a coach. You're the one that answers the questions so that your players don't have to. Yeah. I see this a lot differently. Especially in college. Especially in college. I see this a lot differently than, like, the NFL. Like, DeMarshawn Lynch not wanting to answer questions. Because I don't think yeah. that's as much a part of the job description as it is for a coach. Also, Marshawn was funny about it, so that helps. Just walked in like, you know why I'm here. Yes. Nick Stephen is up. not a meme lord. Well, you quit it. He's like, well, you quit talking to me. Sounds crabby. He needs to get him a Coca-Cola because that's what he likes to have on his announce desk. So, Nick Saban, stop being a crybaby. You're a, what is it, five-time national championship winning coach? You're debatably the greatest college football coach ever. Like, calm down. Suck it up. <laughs> Eat the Snickers. So. It, would, it, would, it would be like Carol going to a press conference and saying, stop asking me those questions I don't want to answer. It's like uh, Chris Christie saying, you've been blocked. <laughs> I saw um, Dragonfly Drones Jones tweet out that Maria Taylor should have just patted his head and say, <laughs> tell, "Tell him that he's being a grumpy boy because Maria Taylor was like five inches taller than Nick Saban." <laughs> Saying he was just mad because he had to look up at the reporter. <laughs> if anything was funny, Nick Saban is not a very tall man, and when when people that aren't very tall get mad, it's kind of funny. Um, like, uh, like Peter Dinklage and Elf. The more upset he got, oh, Peter Dinklage is an Elf. Yeah, mm-hmm. you're an angry Elf. You're an angry Elf. <laughs> 
Also, Peter Dinklage isn't that short. He's like an inch or two shorter than Carla. Hmm. Oh. Carla must be proud. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> Carla. Jeez. Bro. <laughs> no, she, um, a lot of the stuff that he's in is like forced perspective. Got it. Yeah. I did not know that. Um, so App State pushed Penn State yesterday. Pushed is an understatement. <laughs> was about to embarrass is closer. That was a good game. And to the, to the day of the Michigan upset. Do you think that would have been a bigger upset than the Michigan? No. Yeah, no. Penn State was 10 and Michigan was 5 when they did it. Like. And Michigan though. had just come off a season where they barely lost to Ohio State, who was one of the greatest regular season teams ever. And App State was FCS. Still an FCS team, yeah. What conference That's are they fair. in now? The Fun Belt. The, the Sun Belt. <laughs> so, I listen, all this game told me is that I don't, like, I stand, I like, like, I'll root for North Carolina teams except for Duke and NC State. So, like, I was rooting hard for App. Uh, I do not want to play App at as UNC. Like, yep. I don't, I don't want to go play App. We're playing them next year. I know we are, and I'm dreading it because we're probably going to get our butts whooped. <laughs> this game also told me, this game and the Michigan game in specific told me that the Big Ten stinks this year. Because Michigan looked terrible against Notre Dame. And Penn State barely beat App at App, home. Yeah. And those are supposed so, to be the third and fourth best teams in the Big Ten. So, I mean, that's a great transition because we wanted to talk about Michigan today. Uh, as far as Jim Harbaugh goes. He's a um, bad coach. He, oh lots, let's get there. <laughs> lots of expectations going into, into being the head coach of Michigan after leaving the – well, quote-unquote, leaving the 49ers organization – um, and I believe the stat was that Michigan's lost like 17 straight away games against ranked teams. Yeah. And I think they are like one in six against their rivals, like Ohio State, Notre Dame, and uh, Michigan State. State. Michigan State. Yeah. Go green. So, I mean, but also only two, only two years removed from the year where I think they lost like three games by a total of like five points so i mean it's a give and take like do we think that jim harbaugh is like underperforming yes or is the hype just too much well i think it could be both i think that what do you mean like the positive hype or the negative hype the like his expectations like or like the expectations for him going into this job we're like, oh, national titles. Oh, he's going to beat the brakes off everybody. I don't know if he created that. But, like, the expectation was that Michigan was going to be, Well, I think you know. that there's a, there's a two-sided issue to that hype creation in that, number one, he was a very successful NFL coach. And, number two, he was going to one of the most storied football programs in history. It would be like if Brad Stevens went to Duke. You would have very, very high expectations from him. And at Michigan, 
the expectation for the coach is going to be at least 10 wins every season. And Harbaugh is very much not performing up to those expectations, even though he has been an unbelievable recruiter in his time at Michigan. For me, this I year... I think like he's Cal Perry, but without success. Where like he brings in celebrities and like tries to seem like he's a cool dad <laughs> to the players, and then but they don't win. I think that I do d- like I do like him though. I, he's just not producing like he was expected to. I've always said that this year was going to be like the the referendum year on Harbaugh because he really never got to have his starting quarterback until this year. So. I think after this year, we'll see how good of a college coach he really is. Because I don't think he's a bad coach. Like he, He's proven that he can win games, at least in the NFL. Um, I guess it's yet, we'll, we'll see how this year goes to see if that success with his, with his players can translate into college football. In my opinion, if they don't make a high-tier bowl game this year, they should consider firing him. And less than a year ago, they were considering giving him a lifetime contract. Hmm. Uh, can, can, I give a, a, can I give a question that mm-hmm. kind of moves away from this topic but is on the same topic? Not at all. Do you believe that if we don't qualify for a bowl this year that Larry Fedora should be fired? Yes. And say why. Can I just get so? What's everyone's answer? I say yes. Give me time to think, Aaron. You can go ahead. Yes, yeah, so, so Aaron, just go ahead and explain. My why. reasoning is that we're making the same very simple mistakes on offense and defense, whether it be dumb penalties or play calling or just not picking up on trends that we've been making since the things that brought us down in the 11-1 and season. And I just don't see Fedora bringing the program forward. It's been like I, I was talking to my cousin this morning, and I said to him, Carolina football in my college career in all likelihood peaked the fifth week of my freshman year. <laughs> Yikes. Yeah. It peaked when we beat Florida State, and it's been yeah. all downhill since then. And that was that, it was a very quick peak, and so it's been pretty sad, I guess, for you after that. Because at least we had the our second year, and we had Marquise, and we won twelve games. Yeah. Uh, I also say yes. Um, I thought he, last year it was the sort of thing where there was just so many injuries. He kind of got a freebie. Um, I mean, there were still people were saying that there were just too many injuries for it to not be a coincidence, though. Or to, for it to be a coincidence, like there were some possible like things with the training staff and stuff because it was just an ungodly amount of injuries last year. Uh, I mean, this year, there's like Aaron was saying, there's just these same mistakes that have been happening for the last few seasons. And at some point, the responsibility has to go up and get to where it matters. And whether it is his fault or not, eventually it has to fall on his shoulders and he's got to take one so if we win three games this season which could very well be the case again after what i saw like he should go or very they should very seriously consider it 
I would say the only way I see him not being on a very, very hot seat without making a bowl is if we beat ECU, Duke, and State. And Western, of course. All of them. All of them. If we beat all of them. If we beat okay. all of them and for but whatever reason still see... can't make a bowl. I was going to say, I don't see how we beat all three of them and then don't make a bowl because that would be three wins. And I would be shocked if we don't find three wins out of UVA, Western, Pitt, and Syracuse. Yeah. So that that's how I feel. I I think more than the losses is we have to beat other teams in state. That's recruiting. That's half of recruiting right yeah. there is beating the other in-state teams. Like, I I have no qualms saying that NC State is killing us in recruiting right now. Like, they're getting us so many in-state product, like, prospects. It's ridiculous. Like, I just keep – I kind of keep an eye on it. Like, I don't really care about Duke football because they're not really anything. But, like, I kind of keep up with, like, NC State football just because I – care more if we beat them like in football and they as far as like in-state prospects they're getting way more than we're getting as far as like quality like we get a lot of guys from florida which i don't know why that's the case but as far as in-state we're not doing too hot um also something that would worry me about firing fedora though is I don't really know if we could get anything better, as unfortunate as it is. Because we're not going to get one of those top talents at coach, because the fact of the matter is that we're just not a football school. So I don't really know who we would envision to replace him. I I mean, that's kind of the danger of having to hire a new coach in any case. You have to believe that you're going to find somebody better. Yep. Uh, I did want to talk about Kyler Murray a little, but not so much that we talk about it 42 minutes into the podcast. So, baseball? Baseball's still oh. going on? Oh, yeah. God. Yes, it's still going on. We still have a month until playoffs. Ugh. But I've got a short one this week. Basically, uh, Tribe got Josh Donaldson the other day. Through a waiver trade, I am a big fan of it. He, at his best, was a top three player in baseball, and he's had some injury issues since then. But even if he's half of what he used to be, he'll be a valuable contributor for us and will hopefully get Jason Kipnis the heck out of the lineup because he is awful this year. Um, And we got him for a player to be named later. So, yeah. Uh, Now I think we just need to stay under the radar because – teams underestimate you that way and that's part of why we were so good in 2016 and we just need to get hot over the next couple weeks so that we are playing well in time for the playoffs because we're gonna make the playoffs it's it would take a monumental collapse for us not to make it this year that's all cool um hold on my Is it still off, or did it get back on? It's like stopping and starting. But is the audio position 
like still with the, the actual it is not Okay, so that's the same problem I had a couple weeks ago. Oh, fantastic. Yeah, congratulations. <laughs> but it, it started um, around the, the when the baseball corner started, so you should be able to get it back on track from there. Yeah, I just put down when I think it is. Cool. NFL starting next week. I'm so excited, y'all. It's our last Sunday without professional football. Is there a game on Thursday? Yeah. Should be like a season kickoff game. Don't ask me what it is because I don't know. I don't know either. Let's see. But, I can stop messing with my computer just in case we get more off. <laughs> but as far as uh, what we think our teams, like protect projections for what, uh, what games our teams will win, um, do you all want to go ahead and go through... Uh, what we think our records will be at the end of the year. Uh, I guess first it's the Falcons and Eagles week one. Uh, on Thursday. Birds. Yes. Oh, I mean, I guess Aaron doesn't have to really go back because we already know the Browns are going undefeated. Yes, exactly. (laughs) Thank you for recognizing it. So, Mav, you can go. uh, and then Go David and I can compare notes. This was cool. my really first time like going a little more in depth with our schedule this season. I mean, we're in one of the weakest conferences in football, the AFC South. Um, so it's really a toss-up, just who sucks less and who can get out of the division. And, I mean, honestly, for all those that are all toss-ups, just because, like I said, it's who shows up that day can win the division. Um, but... We are for our week one games against Miami. I mean, that's easily winnable. It's easily winnable. Um, that uh, that's a, one of Colby's favorite words is winnable. Winnable uh, from other sports. <laughs> so there's a, I see a lot of winnable situations for us this season. But we have Miami for game one, then Houston, Jacksonville. We play the defending uh, Super Bowl champions. Uh, then we play Bills Mafia, uh, the Ravens, Chargers. Then we have a bye week eight, play Dallas, New England, back in division with Indianapolis, Houston, the Jets, Jacksonville, the Giants, Washington, and back at Indianapolis. Like, I can easily see wins, probably at least one against Jacksonville, Buffalo, Baltimore, the Jets, Washington, and Miami. I mean, I... I Looking at the like, we're playing like both representatives of the Super Bowl last year. Um, playing Dallas, who's I mean, they're always a good team, um, especially now with Zeke Elliott. Like, we could very easily not make the playoffs just because also we're in a transition uh, with new coaching staff, still trying to find our identity as a team as a whole. So, I'm gonna keep my temper, I'm gonna say seven and nine slight regression from last year so oh no did it happen again hold on david you start talking and i'm gonna mess with audacity oh colby i'm literally not touching anything (laughs) (laughs) that's why i use garage fan so please sponsor us uh, as far as 
<laughs> as far as the Panthers go, so our schedule is, first up, we got the Cowboys. Week two, we have the Falcons. Then we got the Bengals, Giants, and Redskins. Um, then we got the Eagles, Ravens, Bucks, Steelers, Lions, Seahawks, Bucks, Browns. And then the last three weeks are all division games with the Saints, Falcons, and Saints one more time. Um, I see W's for the first five weeks. Um, I think we'll beat the Cowboys, Falcons, Bengals, Giants, and Redskins. Um, then we come up against the Eagles. Uh, and I say we'll probably lose that game. I can't remember if that's home or away. Um, but I'll say I'll go ahead and say that we'll lose against the Eagles because I think it's away. Um, Ravens. I'm going to say we'll beat the Ravens. Bucks will beat. I think the Steelers we're going to lose to. Lions. I think that's going to be one that's going to creep up on us after the Steelers. So I'll say that's an L. Um, Seahawks, I think, will beat. The Bucks will beat. The Browns will beat. Sorry, Aaron. Um, Disagree. Saint, Saints. Um, whichever one we have them at home for, I'll say we'll win. But at in New Orleans, I'll, I'll call an L. And I'll say that we'll have one L to the Falcons. So that gives us... So we lose five games. So I say we'll go eleven and five, make the playoffs, um, and I think whether we'll win the division, I don't know, but I think we'll at least get a wild card. Um, I gave a range of wins. I went from ten and six to twelve and four. Um. Okay, so that, that's that's exactly where I'm at. Depending yeah. on if we win the toss ups or not. I literally said eleven and five. So, yeah. uh, I said we'll we'll beat the Cowboys, uh, lose to the Falcons in Atlanta, uh, beat the Bengals at home, beat the Giants at home, uh, beat Washington on the road, lose to Philly, uh, come back home to the Ravens. I'll be at that game, uh, and then beat the Bucks, lose to the Steelers, Detroit. I think at Detroit is a toss up. We beat them the last time we went there, but yep. I don't like that game at all. Uh, I don't exactly. That's that's why I put it, I put an L on that one as yeah. well because I don't like the look of that one. I don't know why. It's just like it's like a Panther Panther fan thing. I don't like the feeling. I don't like it at all. Uh, the Seahawks I don't think are going to be super great this year. I don't know. Uh, so I call that a win. Bucks I think will sweep uh, Cleveland. That's a big dub. Uh, <laughs> I said the, you take that back. I, the Saints at home. I said was a toss-up. Uh, I think we'll beat the Falcons at home, and then I said an L to New Orleans on the road, um, which, I, if I counted that correctly, puts that somewhere between ten and six to twelve and four. So, <laughs> do, you, <laughs> do you hear my dad? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I hope that picked up on the mic. Your your assessment. (laughs) I don't know what game he's talking about. Is there a game on right Uh, now? I know A&T's playing right now. Maybe UNC. He went to UNC Charlotte, so maybe they're playing right now. (laughs) Um. Nice. Oh, no. Yeah, so that's my projection. Oh, A&T, pick six in the end zone. <laughs> he just beat me to it. Oh, don't catch him. Oh, that's a touchdown. Pick six for AT. <laughs> awesome. Okay. <laughs> now they're gonna be mad when they play us though next week. 
Uh, sure. Um, How many games whatever. are we going to go without an interception? I don't know. Who knows? That was a great pick. Um, Khalil Mack just got he got moved so, and paid. For all of those who don't know, I'm a surrogate Bears fan uh, because I love Mitchell Trubisky. Uh, and so I've been keeping up with the Bears this season. I follow their Twitter account. Um, <laughs> You're all in. I'm all in, baby. Go, duh, Bears. Um, and just, oh my God. So, and we can kind of spin this into another conversation about whether it's worth it to trade first round draft picks for Hall of Fame players. Who but. is my dad talking to? <laughs> um, I mean, listen, Khalil Mack has, as far as I can tell, no injury issues, no major health concerns, no off the field concerns, is on a Hall of Fame track, is one of the top two or three defensive players in the league. And you trade him to the Bears. And after all this stuff comes out, like we learned that the GM said that that was not in their plan to trade him. Um, lots of Raiders players expressing their disbelief slash um, discontent on Twitter uh, after they figured out that it happened. And just all around not a great look for John Gruden because, oh my God, you just traded. One, you traded the best punter ever. And then you go ahead and trade... Khalil Mack, your best defensive player, possibly the best defensive player in the league, if it wasn't for Luke Keekley. So and Aaron Donald, and Aaron Donald, um, and package a second rounder with it. Right. So <laughs> not only not only did you trade Khalil Mack, you traded Khalil Mack and a second rounder for two first rounders. And I know they got more than just that; they got two second rounders and like a seventh round or something. But who cares? Who cares? Okay, you traded Khalil Mack and a second rounder for two first rounders. Honestly, I okay. don't think this was a great trade for either side. I feel like why do you say I that? I don't think the Raiders. For me, the Raiders tell me that they are not in win now mode. When I already thought their window was closing because they were about to need a lot of people to get paid very quickly. Two. I don't think this I don't think trading away first round picks helps the Bears when they still have a promising quarterback on his on his rookie contract. So I don't know because through I mean you got listen, if if, if Mitch Trubisky can make a, a, a second year leap like Jared Goff did, I feel like he has the talent around him to make make it work. And especially if that defense is as good as advertised right now, I mean they could they could win some games, man. They I don't think they're gonna I think they're gonna make some noise. They could. They're also they, they also I, have I, to I play think, the Packers twice a year. Right. It it all depends on whether uh Mitch Trubisky does take that second year leap. Um or if he goes into a slump. I think last year wasn't an accurate reflection of how well he can play because of just the fact that John Fox runs an offense that was made for like nineteen thirty five. So don't you miss it? <laughs> so like uh I don't know. We'll see. I think it was a good trade. I like it. When you have Roquan Smith and everyone else on that defense and then you add Khalil Mack, it's like holy crap. Like Aaron Rodgers needs to to strap all the money 
that he just made in that contract to his body to help cushion how many times he's going to get hit. I don't know. I, I I don't see this as a good trade for anybody, but more so on the Raiders' side. I just don't think it's a good look for John Gruden. Yeah, that too. Like it's that old school, like, oh, you don't like how I'm doing things here? Traded. That doesn't sit well with fans or GMs. Or players. Or players, yeah. There were lots of players that were not happy on Twitter. Including your starting quarterback. Exactly. I don't know. We'll see. But regardless, I think Khalil Mack's a great player. I think he'll fit right in with the the culture of the Chicago Bears. Oh, they'll love him up there. Oh, yeah. They love their defensive players up in Chicago. So, kind of like we love our defensive players here. I love A&T right now. Like, honestly, they are pl- Are they winning? Uh, Yeah, they're up 7-3. to three. Um, They are playing like they aren't afraid of anybody. And I'm very here for it. Are the bands there? I'm not sure. They probably would have made the trip yesterday. I'm not sure if they went back, you know? Yeah, well, I'm thinking that neither school would have at least a full band because it's not realistic on a long weekend when the game was moved to expect the whole ensemble to attend. I mean, I see a band for you, ECU. I'm not sure. I guess you can ask them next week. I'm not sure how many of them couldn't make it today. But... Um... Content, other things. Content corner. Content okay. corner. Let's talk about this Star Wars ride. What? Star Wars. <laughs> so at Disneyland, or I think more of it, maybe Disney World too. At both American Disney parks, I would presume that it would be at Disney World as well because they're expanding Star Wars Land right now. Yes. Um, they are making a ride. I've already pre- prepped you on some of this, but to tell the rest of the audience, um, kind of like, what is it called? Mission Space at Epcot? Yes. Oh, yeah. Uh, Mission Space at Epcot, where you get to pilot, you and five other people get to pilot the Millennium Falcon. Um, I'm getting all of this information via Slash Film. They, so you, five other people, get in, and you do a mission on the Millennium Falcon, and however that goes kind of affects the rest of your time in the Star Wars area of the park. They're kind of, Slash Film made it sound like a Westworld type of deal where oh God. like people come <laughs> up to you and ask you to like go on a smuggling mission or you can join the Rebels or even join the First Order, even though I don't know why you want to join fascists, but I guess some people would. Um, but yes... Uh-oh. <laughs> These are all the good me. things happening yeah. at the Disney parks. Well, so while he's gone, that, however, it's interesting how that's different from Mission on, Space because pause. on Mission Space, sure while you do right have like, the parts of the mission me? that you have to do, if someone this doesn't press worst. it, like if you're not this in a full terrible. car, this is the worst podcast. It just happens anyway. So I wonder how that's going to work uh, if it's a six-person right. car. If say there are only five people and they can't find a single rider, 
I think they could find. I think so they'd find a single rider. But I mean, I see what you're saying. Else to come back to me. I agree that they probably like if, could, but there are times where it's I not always fault. Right, right, right. right. Yeah, I get you. I actually got to hang uh, out. I don't know. That's Aaron interesting. And like and when they say that it's a Westworld kind of feel, that kind of yesterday. Like I don't know how that's gonna work. Like I don't know the logistics of that, but I'm already skeptical. Yeah, I've never watched Westworld before. I failed the anniversary. I never watched Westworld before. Try this again. But I just imagine that they give you a sign that says winner or loser that you have to hold around the whole time you're in Star Wars land. Listen, if they're at Disney, there's no way they're going to say you're a loser. <laughs> Everybody's a winner at Disney. You're dang right. So, yeah, I mean... No, I was saying... Or go ahead. No, I mean, I was just saying that I don't. I just don't know the logistics of it. I'm sure they'll find some way to make it work because it's Disney. Am I back? So... You are back. You are Hello. Back. So I was asking Colby, how does the six-person mission work if they can't get six people in the car? Because Herein lies the problem. Of trains, <laughs> not 100% of trains have 100% capacity. He, here is the problem. So, uh, Aaron, just a heads up. You're going to have to – I wasn't sure if it was me or you all that was messing up. So I just uh, filled time. So you might need to mute that out. Um, but – just giving you it's resume filler uh <laughs> but what they saw when they were testing it is that you know they'd have maybe four people that knew each other and then like two other like single riders and they go on missions and the mission would fail you can't crash the millennium falcon but you can like fail the mission um, and then people would come out of the ride mad and because it kind of carries with you through the rest of your time in Star Wars land, uh, people weren't happy with how their mission went because of other people, which you can't really plan and it's causing them to have to go in and rethink how this ride is going to work. Also, there's a problem that there are only so many vehicles that you can ride on. And I think they said they can get, if I can find on here, I think 84 riders per hour. That is not Wait, good... that's not it. 840 riders per hour, which is, for comparison, Pirates of the Caribbean. Um, can have four times that in an hour. I was going to say that is not a good haul, especially for how popular of a ride this is going to be. So that means well, it's going to have like four hour lines. Well, well. Also, if this, if it affects your whole experience, like, do you have to ride it to go? No. Like, is it recommended you go through? Okay, so it's like, but is it recommended you go through it to like get the full experience? Because if that's the case, then they're not going to have everyone get through that. Exactly, and people are going to be. Based on the the testing, the small levels, the small level testing that they've had, they're going through and rethinking how this ride was going. So, thoughts? I think the concept of the ride is very ambitious and could work out really well, but there are very many logistical questions that could very negatively affect how the ride goes. Also, it's hard to fix things because. Um, again, according to this article, they said that it's p 
Pentagon level the amount of computing power that's going into this ride. Jesus. So. That's... It sounds like a lot of... uh lots of burnt money like lots of spent money like burnt cash <laughs> right now i'll just see people waiting in line like seeing like a kid behind them like trying to to switch position with other people so they can get in a a favorable group yo if i'm on that ride and it's gonna it's gonna affect how i spend the rest of my day like i'll be you better get your bu- like I, you better get this six-year-old out my face and give me an adult it's like when you're when you're playing um, laser tag and you see what team you're on, you're like, oh no, <laughs> like, we're gonna get wrecked. Oh my. No, yeah, I, I just wanted to talk about that because I thought it was a interesting idea that they're going with, but they're doing a lot to the Star Wars land, so it should be interesting. Has anyone gone and written the Avatar, the new Avatar ride, or no? I have not been there since, I don't think, since that Avatar ride. I haven't been. either. Yes. It, it, Disney in Orlando is on my list of places I, I want to go soon. going to start I think that. Islands of Adventure, Islands of Adventure is like one of my favorite, I know it's not Disney, but Islands of Adventure is one of my favorite theme parks, just because of the Hulk roller coaster. <laughs> Is because it's the goat and the Jurassic Park water ride. See, the last time I was in Orlando, I was afraid of roller coasters. Oh, see, that was me all until I was about like maybe twelve or thirteen. I was afraid of roller coasters, so I didn't ever really fully experience theme parks. Yeah, and my parents hated going with me because they're always like, "Ugh, one of us is gonna have to stay with this this kid." <laughs> well, it wasn't that. It wasn't or the last time I was in Orlando. Last time I went to the Universal Park. Like Islands of Adventure. Oh, okay. The yeah. yeah, last time yeah, we I were gotcha. in Disney World was with the band. Mm-hmm. My first time at Disney was in middle school band, and uh, I was also was that when there was the was photo of roller coasters at the time, and then my first major roller coaster was Rock and Roller Coaster. So that was probably not the good first one to have. Is that when the photo from Space Mountain happened? That was that same time. I think Rock and Roller Coaster is actually a great first roller coaster because there's no lift hill. You just kind of go. Like, and it's also kind of hard part. to see where you're going because it's in the dark. But I was just sitting there and then zoomed. We zoomed real good. And I, I was just scared. Rock and Roller Coaster, I think, is my favorite roller coaster ever. And you have just music blaring in your ears. Yeah. It's yeah. Just, it's, I'm it's, spoiled it's sensory because... Overload. I'm spoiled because my default theme park is the greatest roller coaster theme park in the history of roller coasters, but Rock and Roller Coaster is a very good roller coaster. Carraways has been on the come I, up for like the last 10 years. Like they've really stepped up their roller coaster game. Yeah, it's good, but it's I, not Cedar Point. I still haven't been on the Fury 3 whatever 5, like whatever is that roller coaster. I've heard good things about it. I've been on the Intimidator a bunch of times, but not that one. Fury is fantastic. Because I haven't been back since. I haven't been back since. Also, um, I went to Atlantis, the bah- like the theme park in the bah- the water park in the Bahamas, and that big slide that they advertise and everything is just it it like 
destroyed me because you go through and you you fall and you fall through like a shark tank and it's also just an awful drop like i was already like i'm okay with roller coasters but like i still have a fear of those water slides that you just kind of cross your legs and cross your arms and just kind of hope that you don't lean forward and fall off and die on and so (laughs) it was one of those so i just kind of had to close my eyes and go through but yeah they can miss me with that (laughs) yeah the only re- the only reason I went up and did it was because there was like this little chubby like eight year old in front of me. I was like, "All right, if this kid can do it, like I should be able to do this. I am a man." <laughs> Holds your razor as you're going down. Yeah, <laughs> I am a man. Um, y'all finally saw Mamma Mia. Yes, I did. Did anyone else see it? I did not see it, but Lauren is going to be so happy that someone's going to talk about it. <laughs> um, Go off. <laughs> I thought it was a very fun movie. I think the music was great, as expected. The story was good. As a straight-up movie, it's good. As uh, Obviously, it's not a direct adaptation of the musical because it's a sequel. But as a musical movie it kind of lacks in that the music doesn't really develop the characters that much. I think it's a movie that happens to be a musical, whereas the best musical movies like Les Mis are musicals that happen to be movies. But also but the, the movie still, version of Les Mis isn't great. Oh, I really, I, was, like I, was the, I really like the movie version of it. Eh. But I think that it does well in being a musical that happens to be a movie. Straight up as a movie, I very much enjoyed Mamma Mia and I would definitely see it again so yeah I think it's just if you're analyzing it as a musical it lacks a little bit but still a very enjoyable experience and I thought that the flashbacks throughout the movie were very very well done and I really enjoyed those I saw uh, Won't You Be My Neighbor this week did you cry? I didn't, but I was, like, smiling the whole time. Just, he was such a pure man. Mr. Rogers was such, like, a great person. Just all around. Like, it's... And the the thing about it, it, it brought back so many memories I didn't know that I had. Like, when... You remember Henrietta, the cat, that said, like, meow every yep. five seconds? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, it brought back memories of like me watching Mister Rogers with my grandma and her pretending to be Henrietta while I was watching it. Like, it's just the little things like that that it brought back for me, which is really nice. So, <laughs> I, I very much recommend like whenever it like hits Netflix or whatever streaming service it comes on, I please watch. Won't you see my neighbor? Won't you be my neighbor? It's fantastic. Yeah. Oh, and I saw Labyrinth, which was wild. <laughs> Very different movie. Very different movie. So when you said you were going to see Labyrinth at first, I thought you meant you were going to see Pan's, Pan's Labyrinth, Labyrinth, which is no. also a, which is also a good movie because it's a Guillermo del Toro movie. Also wild, but it's just, <laughs> also wild. Yeah. No, no, I mean the the David Bowie musical. Oh, David Bowie, yeah. Uh, like Muppets. Labyrinth is wild. But it's good. It it did what it's supposed to. It's a it's a musical with puppets with David Bowie and someone standing in for David Bowie to do some ball magic. It's great. 
Um, anything else today? There's a there's a question on Twitter that I wanted to to detour off of. Um, it was from Hannah at Tar Heel Hannah underscore. Uh, wanted us to talk about the pastor at Aretha Franklin's funeral. Um, who was like groping her on stage, which I think we all say is reprehensible. Yep, but. You would be correct. I also just want to point out that Aretha's Frank, uh, Aretha Franklin's funeral brought to like regular America what a black funeral was like, and that makes me very happy. <laughs> are they all like seven hours? <laughs> they are not all seven hours long. With like 14 musical guests and like 30 personal statements? There are uh, about 30 musical guests, yes. <laughs> <laughs> because that schedule was a journey reading through that. <laughs> it is a lot of thinking. Lots and lots of thinking. I think I want a New Orleans funeral when I die. I want it to just be a party with a marching band going down the street. I think that would be more fun than a traditional funeral. <laughs> I'm just imagining the logistics of that. And I think that's hilarious. <laughs> Aaron having an old a New, New Orleans, Orleans funeral food. down Franklin Street. <laughs> <laughs> they stop you in front of Sutton's. <laughs> <laughs> I'd no, be down for it. I was all in on Aretha's funeral just for the people watching. It was great. Yeah. I mean, if there was someone that deserved a funeral like that, it was Aretha Franklin. Um. Imagine what Beyonce's funeral was going to be like. Of her era. Can you imagine the Beyonce funeral when that comes? Oh, I don't think people are. People are. I don't think it's going to happen. People are just going to deny that it happened. Just like she just went away for a while. My favorite thing was on um, the Dan Levitard show on Friday. They were playing the game. Uh, is this celebrity going to be at Aretha's funeral, John McCain's funeral, or neither? <laughs> <laughs> they were just reading <laughs> off celebrities and guessing which funeral they were going to. Which is morbid, but I also think it's very funny. But that's extremely levitard. It was a very Two Americas moment, those Friday and Saturday, seeing the differences in those funerals. This is the Two Americas. A very different vibe. But so. that's all I got. That's all I got to. Um, I got. Aaron, nothing. you have any? I was gonna say you got any last minute uh, predictions, exaggerations, hyperbole. It was good to see uh, y'all yesterday. Yeah. Yeah. No. Uh, are we gonna put that picture up on Twitter? Yes. Yeah. I can yeah. Do that. We should. Um, we should put that up. Did I send I it to y'all? Yeah. yeah. Who Who runs the Twitter? Can we send the picture to them? Yeah, we yeah, can send the picture runs. to everyone who runs the Twitter. I, I don't know who runs the Twitter, so. They'll, well, we'll hopefully we'll, we'll see. So, uh, hopefully, somebody will put it up. I just Whoever put it knows. on the dark web and hope it gets there. Some <laughs> hope it gets on Twitter <laughs> one day. The disembodied person that <laughs> that runs our Twitter account. The non-corporeal force that runs Twitter. Jesus Christ! Yeah, Jack. <laughs> yeah, it's Jack. Jack is the person that runs <laughs> <It's> Twitter. <Jack. laughs> <laughs> 
All right, well, if that's all we have today. Sorry, that was a bit of a bumpy ride, that one. <laughs> I thought I was going to have to do the outro again. <laughs> no, nah, my internet's ready. I did the outro last week. It's all good. But if you want to find us, you can do that at tinyurl.com. Never made varsity. Good Lord. This is a struggle. Leave us a five-star rating interview on <laughs> iTunes. Remember, you can do that every six months. So if it's been a while since you've left a review or a rating, do it again. Uh, anything you like or didn't like, be sure to let us know via Twitter at NeverMatePod. Thank you to Audible for sponsoring the show for your 30-day trial. Go to audibletrial.com slash NMVPod. Thank you, David Cutter, for the music. And we'll see you all next week. With football. Go Heels. Yeah. Bye. Keep pounding.